Podcast Looks crew. Hola, hi, hi. Greetings, beautiful earthlings. Now, I know you've all seen that buzz cut wig featured on the last season of Stranger Things. And honestly, if you haven't, what? Are you living under a rock? It's okay if you haven't, but you should probably Google it now so we're all on the same page. Yeah? On the show today, I chat with hair designer Sarah Hinsgall. Sarah has done all the seasons of Stranger Things and is responsible for the incredibly well-executed buzz cut wig worn by Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven on the show. I have admired Sarah's work from afar and have wanted to chat to her for a while, so I'm super stoked to bring this episode to you today. Oh boy, guys, I hope I don't sound too tired. <laughs> We're about to dig into our last week of shooting and I will be honest, I am pretty worn down. Um, I am working on an exciting gig with fantastic people, thank goodness, but with an incredibly limited budget and like 30 days to shoot the entire film. The days become exhausting pretty quickly. So many scenes to get through every day with so many look changes and the constant time crunch pressure, the man day conversations, the making turnarounds, the you must NDB, the good old we are going to do rolling lunches today, the night shoots, the splits, taking home wigs on the weekend so I can wash and reset them because Lord knows I don't have time for that during the week. Uh, it all adds up. But in saying that, of course, I feel very lucky and very grateful to be working, especially while there is a writer's strike going on. And I look forward to getting the job finished and have a little downtime. I have so many little life things to catch up on. You gotta stay conscious of that work-life balance. You know, all work and no play makes JL a dull girl. It really is something I hope people in our industry are working on. It's the little things like not feeling guilty if you aren't working. If you say no to day playing because you just need a little you time. Always remember you don't need a reason to say no. No is a complete answer. Are you available these dates to come and work on this project? Response, unfortunately, no, I'm not. Don't feel like you need an excuse or a reason. A polite no will suffice and don't feel guilty about it. It's okay. You don't have to say yes to every single thing that comes in. I know it's different when you're starting out to when you're in your groove, to when you've been doing this for a few years, but you have to figure out that life work balance. And the sooner you figure it out, the better off you're going to be. I know we all love our jobs, but we also love our lives. And a healthy balance is essential when working in such an all-absorbing industry. Anyway, that's my tired two cents. You can have it. <laughs> that's enough bullshit from me anyway. My name is Jamie Lee. I'm a hairstylist from New Zealand based in LA. And this is a show where I catch up with hairstylists and makeup artists working in the film and television industry around the world. Let's get into the good stuff and hear about Sarah's journey thus far as a hairstylist in this industry we love and adore. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to Day Rate Beauty, the only company to elevate and improve hair and bobby pins. Founder and two-decade veteran celebrity hairstylist Aviva Perea has created 10 sophisticated, joy-sparking tones available in five shapes and sizes. To really catch the eye, Dayrate Beauty makes 14-karat gold oversized hairpins. 
Day Rate Beauty donates a percentage of each Power Pink sale to various organizations furthering the rights of women. Day Rate Beauty is the only company coating stainless steel pins in low-impact, plant-based nylon. All products are made in the USA using domestically sourced steel, and all packaging is compostable. Sustainability is truly at the core of their decision-making process. For the pros out there, Dayrate sells bulk pro packs. Just email hello at dayratebeauty.com for pricing. Happy pinning with Dayrate Beauty. And now, our feature presentation. Picture up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast, Sarah. Thank you, Demi. Hey, you're welcome. I'm so glad that we finally made this happen. It's awesome. This is when our story time begins. I would like you to finish this sentence for me, okay? Okay. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Sarah, and when she grew up, she wanted to be... A hairstylist and movie sets. You did? How did you know this? <laughs> you know, I, there was three things I wanted to be. I yeah. wanted to be, and I don't know what that's called in, in English, but my first thing was I really wanted to go and find dinosaurs, you know, and be a... Archaeologist? In, yes. Is that what it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to try to say that. Archaeologists. That was a, a you know, a big a dream. I mean, but I got that watching a lot of Indiana Jones, I think. And yeah. <laughs> so it was actually kind of coming from movies, which is yeah. interesting. And uh, and a little uh, later, I actually started acting classes when I was like five or six years old. Wow. So uh, why did that happen? Like what, what made it was, that? I was kind of a shy kid. And I think my, my parents thought it was a way for me to to open up and mm-hmm. and get a little more self-esteem. Can like I throw her on stage. Yes. <laughs> like, this will make her, you know, make her shine. So they, they want to build up my self-esteem. And, they, I, and I think they, you know, I was big on painting. I would, I would spend a lot of time by myself painting. And I, it was a way for me to be a little more social, I think, you know. Did it help? It helped. I loved it. I loved it. I did not like acting, but the whole environment was mm-hmm. amazing. You know, I, I did love the whole the feeling of being a part of a big team and how everybody needed to give everything. And you kind of was like relying on everybody doing their best to yeah. make this big thing come together. And I did love the dress up part. I loved, you know, yeah. becoming different people and making other people different people. So I was in love in the whole transformation thing. Yeah. I mean, what, what kid doesn't enjoy some dress up? I mean, yeah, I think it's good you know. for all kids, you know, yeah. no matter what, but uh, it was a pretty serious program. And a lot of my friends actually did go into became child actors and we did end up on set and uh, I at a certain point I was like I just didn't really it seemed like that was like the the way to to do stuff you know it was going into that direction I was also considering psychology when I got a little bit older okay and then when I was fairly young my parents were very very good at sitting with me and just um talking about all you know your different talents and and, and working with me and figuring out pretty early what I liked. And 
the hairstyling seemed to be a mix between all of these different elements that I loved. And it was something I could use and stay in theater or uh, which it was more about theater for me at that point than than film and television. Right. So they were able to just help you and guide you and figure out what you enjoyed and then think about the avenues of how you could. How can you still do something artistic with your hands? I mean, I love, I love painting. I love the people, but I also love the solitude of being alone with the canvas. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I need both. I think alone with a canvas is too much of, um, you know, it was too uh, too much solitude for yeah. like a lifetime. Uh, yeah, I imagine it would be actually. Yeah, <laughs> I can me. understand why artists maybe go into teaching a little bit more and things like that, just so they can, you know, have a community. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so I started. I started. I think I started hair school in Copenhagen when I was sixteen. So I don't. Um, I don't recommend this. To, like I'm like, do not do that. But that's what I did. You mean don't I, do that so young or stay in school, kids? Right. You know? like, like, <laughs> so my, I have some big kids. They's like, so what college did you go to? And mm. what I'm like, yeah, I didn't. You know, I just, I was very concerned about losing time when I was younger. Yeah. Like I had like a whole big plan uh, at 15 somehow. I got to get started. (laughs) I got to get started. And I I felt like it was just a waste of my time. I wanted to go to college because I liked, I actually loved going to school. Yeah. But I didn't know what I was going to, you know, I I couldn't use it for anything in Mm. for what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I um, I went to hair school in Copenhagen, and at that time, I still think it is like that. In most places, it was four year degree. Yeah. Where I I said the same in Australia. Yeah, I don't know about Australia, but I know when I uh, left high school in New Zealand, I did like a Sorry. one year. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I did a one year like full time course and then another, um, I think it was like two, two and a half years in the salon, but it was like an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. So I was still um, training. Did, and having did you to... go back and forth or were you, you, you started in the school and then you did like two and a half years in the salon after? So it was just school and then it was in the salon and it was like one day a week I would go in to sit any exams or right. whatever I needed to do. But it was right. those two and a half years in the salon was definitely up to my boss to right. teach me right. from there on out. Yeah. Right. Which luckily she loved to do that. So that was yeah. No, that's all about finding. I mean, it's very important you find the right place when, yeah. you, when it's that. Um, it's a little bit different. I mean, we go back and forth. I think it's six months school, yeah. six months in the salon, six months okay. in the school. Oh, cool. But I'm sure it's the same amount of hours in the end of the day, you know, hours to 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 work. And then you train with the salon, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is great. I mean, it's a good... Good schooling. That's also the first time I got introduced to, you know, 
wicks and and uh, it's a very broad school in Copenhagen. So I think it's a little bit different than it uh, what I hear from my American friends. Like we had to take wig making. It was one of the, the classes that you had to go through. That's incredible. Um, like yes, it's weird to so normal hairdressing school incorporates wigs. You had to take period styling and you had to take wig making. So the first, I don't remember how many weeks you go to school the first time, but that was like, you get the wig block, you you nail in the, I don't know what it's called in English, but the little bands and yeah. you do the, the stitching and the sewing and you go to the salon, uh, you work on that while you are in the salon and then you bring your, your little wiglet back and... Uh, and then you start attaching the lace, you do that for the next. And so you, you kind of go back and forth. So in, in your four-year period, at the end of the four-year period, you turn in your wig, your full wow. wig that so you have made over this time. It, that's so extensive. So it, it's yeah. it's kind of them thinking about hair in all different areas. It's not just salon. Because I know like my training was very salon-driven, and it's not like salons were doing no it's stuff. a little bit so, different uh, yeah you know so that's like yeah. covering with doing the period and yeah that's awesome i mean i remember my year one i was um you know i, I came in with really big dreams i love period uh, books about wardrobes and you know the uh, eight, uh, 1600 with the big ship and the one of my first uh, freelance projects when we went up into um, a test was to try to put this ship in somebody's hair. Oh, awesome. <laughs> After I had done hair for like five months, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was like this hanging ship. I didn't know how to make a foundation or how to attach anything or, but it was very, yeah, I mean, doing those for you know because i was so excited about these very massive visual things mm. i learned how to make they, they taught me how to make the foundations and stuff at this school and they also taught me that it was all made out of pieces you know you need wicks and you need like wig pieces and extensions to make these yeah. big things i thought it was just people's hair like coming yeah. up in these waves like you don't know like i had no idea no, it's not until you try to do it and you're like, hang on a minute, I don't have enough hair. Where, There's uh, no hair anywhere. Nobody grows that much hair out of their own head. Where? How do I? Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, school is really fun, isn't it? I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could go back and go and take the same classes again. Mm with the knowledge you have now, I guess there is a way to still go, but I mean, go and take classes, but classes are just so, so fun. It's, it's, it's so amazing to see how other people work. And every time I, I, I you know, even at work, working with new stylists to see how they are going about their problem solving. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I love that about being a team and listening to the other artists and picking up their good ideas and, and different ways of doing it. I think, I think that is, you know, that's where it's like so different than being a painter. Yeah. So it's a good thing you aren't uh, solitary. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. we still, you know, I think it, it, part of what I do love is I, I do love heavy, heavy 
wig shows. One of yeah. the reasons is that I really get to just sit with my wigs, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes all day. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love just being alone in that trailer and it's just me, me and the wigs. Now listen, and have you been busted <laughs> talking to your wigs before? Yeah, I love yeah. my wigs. I love yeah. the wigs. I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I've been busted a few times. It's normally when I'm telling that when I'm having trouble with one and I'm like, listen, yeah. you just need to do what I tell you and we'll get on fine. And someone normally walks in in the middle of me giving my wig a uh, talk. You're to. fair or um, naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, they, it, it's also, you can, you know, I can, I, I can fuck up with my wig and it, it yeah. doesn't judge me and it doesn't put a timer on me. Right. Mm. Like as soon as we, oh, I love, I love working with actors, but as soon as they get into the trailer, I also yeah. want them out of there in 30 minutes. You know, I yeah. do not want them to hang out in the trailer. They don't really want to be in that trailer for more than 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, some so of them do, but I do <laughs> think, if somebody does want to be hanging out in there, there's a PA or an AD outside going, um, right. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, these fuckers are on the clock. We need them back. Yeah. Awesome. It is, it is lovely that you can, um, you can use hours with somebody. It's also most things are absolutely impossible if you're not using wicks, right? Like you can't yeah. do a wet set. Like no. you can't, you can't put people through uh, these things. You can't change people's textures. I don't care how good you are at blow drying or, mm. you know, you have a texture, you have the amount of hair you have on your head. You can cheat stuff. You can put stuff into it, mm. but you can't change coarse hair into being fine Scandinavian hair. Like it, it only a wig can take you there. And it's, it is really amazing how you can transform people to, to anything when you have those. It gives you, it gives us this amazing, amazing freedom, yeah. which I'm just, you know, in love with, in love with, with wigs. That's why I think <laughs> in love with the wig, this is what you're going to call this program. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's true because you can totally, I mean, not only you can, but everybody involved, the actor, the director, everyone can yeah. lean into that character look way harder if right. it's not their hair that you're dealing with. Cause they, you know, uh, you might want to do some crazy color or, cut and oh. they're like I don't want that in my real life so oh, they'll no. tend to be like oh, I'm not sure if I think that style's right for the character <laughs> it's just like but if it's a wig then they're like yeah let's go for it <laughs> let's lean it's amazing. into it because yeah. you know they get to take that off at the end of the day and but I also love that you can themselves. really protect people's own hair and yeah can put a nice treatment in there you know what i mean like you mm. can give them something lovely to come home with and also just protecting people's self i think is really important for them to um what i've noticed is like when they don't take it home with them they take yeah. it off at night and they really mm -hmm. get a break right they yeah. can really step out of their character and as soon as we we put them through hair and makeup they transform and we can send them out yeah. And and they, uh, you know, they deserve that break at night. Yeah. They can fully just leave it in the trailer. <laughs> leave it in the, leave it with me. Yeah. And then I get my four hours to just sing for that baby. 
<laughs> That's awesome. So after you did your training back home, then how, because it sounds like you at 15, you said that you had it all planned out. So did your plan go no. how you wanted it to? Right. Okay. So what, what, what happens next? You know, I came out of school. I really uh, wanted to get into a theater as an mm-hmm. apprentice, but I was in Copenhagen and there's very, you know, there's very few theaters. And it was very, somebody told me there was like two things that actually had a hair and makeup artist. Everything else, they were just doing it themselves. And somebody was coming in for the day. They, they didn't have a princess. Like there was nobody. Right. Um, so they were like, you know, there's this one guy and he takes an apprentice every 10 years. And it's probably not gonna be you you know it's very limited (laughs) not to be rough um but yeah that was not me so I already when I was in school on the weekends I started working for elite models I was working the hair salon I was attached to Mm. was really big on editorials and photo shoots so I had done that simultaneously and was really into making uh, editorial stories, right? So I was like, well, this is also really fun. Like you, you plan out a whole little story and mm. then you go in and take all the photos. And I got to be very creative on, on these photo shoots. I was building up my editorial portfolio and elite models started representing me as like a young like the young hair like it was hair and makeup right they were like yeah. the young new face uh hair and makeup artists that basically worked for free that was me like <laughs> <laughs> if i somebody didn't have any money i at Col Sarah, like I would be there for free on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. And that was fun. You know, it was like you know, Barbie dolls and the hair, dead birds, glitter thrown all over the place. I mean just you know, when you're when you're eighteen or nineteen, my it's very, very big. <laughs> Was all, awesome. It was very, very fun and very large. And then when I was when I was graduating, I think I spent three months in the hair salon, mm-hmm. and um, I knew I couldn't. I I never ever went that route to stay in a hair salon. Like so, after three months, I was like, "This was lovely. Yeah. Thanks for keeping me." Yeah. And, but I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I remember thinking the same thing. It's so funny. I, but I was, yeah, I got to the end of like my apprenticeship. I think I did like a couple more years and I was just like, oh, fuck me. I can't, yeah. I just can't walk into the same place every day and do the same kind of things. And, you know, no. it was just like, I just can't do it. I need more. <laughs> I remember that. It was also, but they were like, but you're like part of the creative teams and you're doing yeah. photo shoots. And I was like, yeah, but during the day, I'm here making Mick Ryan haircuts, right? Like mm-hmm. how many, and also you can't, I was trying to explain to these clients, like you can't get Mick Ryan's haircuts when your hair is like, when you have two feathers and it's straight, it yeah. looks uh, horrible. Like I can't do it. Uh, and I was like, I cannot, you know, if they all wanted the same, they all wanted the same uh, highlights and they all wanted the same haircuts and mm. And it was not, you know, you were really there to facilitate where yeah. they all really needed wigs. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what they needed. So anyway, yeah, when I was done, I, I decided to go and take a loan in the bank and just go to New York City. Okay. Because, you know, maybe I could, I wanted an agent and I was like, I can live from doing editorials in New York City. Uh, maybe I was 20. I don't know. Maybe I was 21. It was four years of school. It was somewhere. I was young. I, yeah. I could be, I don't know if I could even drink yet. You know what I mean? I wow. So why New York and not London or Paris? Or... Oh, because New York was so much further away and I was not allowed <laughs> to be there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was 20, you know, yeah. and really stupid and silly. Yeah, I mean, why did I not go to London? I mean, now I'm like, what? Why would you not go to London? Why did Why did you go to New York? It's so far away. I I wanted to see the world. Also, yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, I think and that's again part of. I think how we probably both fell into these jobs, right? There's a lot of traveling and. Uh, and I love that. I love seeing new things. And I I love a, a good challenge. I, I it, yeah. it felt like a really big challenge. I think the challenge, looking back, was a little bit ambitious. And it didn't really work out for me as planned. <laughs> but you still went to New York and you've lived in I, New York. Yeah, I, I did. I did. And, and you know, damn it, they were... They were really tough on me in New York City. <laughs> they did not want to represent me. I wonder why. You know, I had these beautiful pictures with Barbie dolls and glitter. And, um, you know, they felt like maybe that was a hard sell to their clients. I don't know. I also didn't really know my own limitations at the time. I think mm-hmm. that takes a little while before you figure out, you know, who you are. And you know, maybe you're a little bit arrogant at 20. I mean, God, you go through so much change from the beginning of your 20s to by the time you're 30, it's almost like you're a completely different human being. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I, I finally, I found a place that was ready to take me on as an assistant, right? So I shampooed hair in yeah. um, a salon is where I ended up to survive. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of shampooing and um, there was a lot of, I, I think I was in charge of cleaning the bathroom and I also did the laundry. It was a very glamorous job. Mm-hmm. But I did end up actually learning a lot more than I thought I was. Um, good. Yeah, because, you know, I came from a very, I come from a small corner of the world where it's not super integrated. So, you know, New York City, we have so many different uh, textures. And, uh, people from all over the world. I come from Scandinavia. There's, you know, it's a lot of a lot of white pacey people in Scandinavia. So this was really, really good for me. I, um, Chloe natural, uh, take on hair and uh, yeah. Americans are very, you know, in the beginning, I was like, why do they all want to kind of look like old ladies? Like they want these like strict, smooth blow dries. And I was like, Oh, this is <laughs> this. <laughs> Still not my thing. Still not what I like to do. But you know, you gotta learn to do those blow dries. So I was definitely in um, American training for like a couple of years, where they took me through many more textures. Also, much more. I fell in love with curly hair in America yeah. for sure, because yeah. you have so many different kind of curls and textures that I, I just had not seen where I came from awesome. uh, to the same extent. 
um, new ways of cutting. And I came from a very strict Vidal Sassoon background. So mm-hmm. I also kind of just went into more of a Tony and Guide approach for a while with a lot of loose, loose free cutting. Um, and I also used to like at least spend an hour, you know, with pinpoint bobs and maybe an hour and a half, like uh, where I, I, you know, learned to, a speed. I learned a lot about speed. Like I can do a haircut in seven minutes now, you know, even mm-hmm. though it was a very classy place I was working at, I, I learned really fast that you're also, you got to be able to go at it from a lot of different directions, which I'm, you know, I don't think I could survive in, in this industry if I couldn't do a haircut in seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's there is no hour and a half. Again, there is with me and the wig. I think Mm. my last wig that Rob did for me has been eight hours on cutting her hair. Mm. (laughs) I find I always find it funny that like normally when I'm talking to production and I'll be like, okay, well, I need to pick the wig up on this day, and uh, you know, so I can test it on this other day. And they're like, well, can you just pick it up and do the test on the same day? It's just like. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, has no. anybody told you that it doesn't arrive finished? Yeah, um, no. <laughs> no. It's like I have to beat it into submission, like in the nicest possible way. Um, you know, right. I, I need some time with it first. It doesn't just come ready. <laughs> no, they think it comes like, you know, but I've even, so many people get surprised. They're like, well, they, they don't come with the, with the cut. And they, I was like, no, most of the time, like, you cut it. I, I, a lot of times I go back and I color it myself also, you know, like I, I perm them. Like I do a lot of stuff to these wigs. Like yeah, yeah. you, you know, you have a lot of communication with your wig maker, obviously, and you get it as close as possible. But mm. as soon as you put it in front of camera, a lot of stuff changes, obviously. And you're yeah. like, well, this, you know, you said you see the filters that they are putting over, like it changes the colors. Like you, you need to be able to go in and, and change these wicks, like the day off sometimes where I'm like, they need, it needs to be lightened. Like I can't mm. see it. Yeah. It doesn't pop enough. Like especially just the ends and stuff. I'm, I'm sure you, You've been there with them. Yeah. <laughs> always the little adjustments that are happening. Well, sometimes I take I mention, oh, you... give it this, give it that. Yeah, as you yeah, just... My boyfriend comes home and he's like, oh. And he screamed like a couple of years ago. And I just had like lots of wicks lined up at the dining table. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 he was like, what are you doing? Why are you taking, don't take your work home. <laughs> and I was like, well, you've got to... I guess no, I'm sorry. I have yeah. to. Like, Welcome not... to my career. <laughs> Oh, the hair in the kitchen, you know, like why? I'm like, oh, you just, I eat the hair. And like, I'm so over it. If I find yeah. a big hair in my spaghetti, I just swallow. Like, I'm like, just, you gotta get used to it. There's gonna be hair <laughs> in everything. Yeah. I, Sarah, as we speak currently in my dining room, there are six <laughs> wigs that I'm trying to sort out for tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm there with you. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy for dating. Um, <laughs> but eventually somebody will agree, you know, 
to nip yeah. it all of, all of the hair. I mean, it's, it's really not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's just hair. Everyone's got it. Well, most people have got it. <laughs> I was just kidding. Yeah. So um, what happens then? So you, you, you end up going to New York. You are, you're like, I, I have to make some money. So you end up assisting and turns out you learn a whole bunch of stuff, which is awesome. How do you get back out of the salon again? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that you didn't want to oh, I was stay miserable. forever. I was very, yeah. very miserable in the hair salon, but you know, I could also understand it was either that or it was like eating it and going back home and say it didn't work out. So yeah. I was also, you know, it was hard for me to face that it was mm. not going like you know as when i waved goodbye in the airport so i just kind of it, it, it was it was a it was a lot i uh, i actually this is a crazy but i felt pregnant in the middle of that and had my firstborn very very early in my life and uh, ended up staying at home with him for a year yeah so those early 20s uh, i i was so let me think. It's so many years ago. I um, <laughs> I would I kept doing music videos. Oh, cool! And I was doing the editorials, but you know, it's not cool when you're 22 and you're at a photo shoot and you're puking in the bathroom, like, and everybody else is gonna go and do cocaine at some party, and you're like. <laughs> I'm having a baby, and people are just like, okay, maybe we need uh, another hairstylist for the listen, next. Listen, I'm shoot. sure you weren't the only, <laughs> the only woman in her early twenties that getting pregnant. New York, New York is not. You wait till you're forty for those children, um, <laughs> but I didn't. I ended up having two kids in my early twenties, which I'm very happy about, obviously. Mm. But it was, but it's also a very crazy thing to do in our industry, right? So yeah. when I, my um, daughter was two, I was like, okay, I, I gotta go and do this. I went on, on Craigslist mm. and there was some very sketchy job shooting in Connecticut that I, I think I did a lot of, I did, I did all my work, all the weird music videos, any personal photo shoots, all of this stuff. I was earning money through Craigslist, basically. Craigslist listening, if you wanted to pay me $250, I would show up, right? Yeah. I got my first like real feature. Like I think I did a lot of, I think I did a lot of shorts, student yeah. films, a lot of, I worked tons for NYU. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, for years actually, and 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 those guys became my best friends, and it taught me a lot about filmmaking too. And they really took took me in at NYU. They're very very sweet. I kind of belong to a certain class, you know, the class yeah. of that year. And they, I followed them until they graduated, and I did um, a lot of their graduation movies, and. You know, our job on those student films, it's like the only job where you actually get paid anything. And I had to get paid a little bit because I was also taking care of two kids at the same time. So I also had to have a, a babysitter and it was all just kind of barely going around. Like it wasn't going around. I, I don't know. We, we were eating a lot of spaghetti, I think. <laughs> And uh, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't, they were happy. I don't, yeah. they survived somehow. Exactly. And um, <laughs> my first job, there was not a student film job, was up in Connecticut where oh. I went 
and I lived up there for six weeks and then, oh. and that just blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is, uh, you know, shooting 16. I think sometimes we were shooting. It was non-union. There was one day we shot 24 hours. You know what I mean? Like they were just like, and yeah. you still get paid like $175. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, um... isn't this like two days maybe? And they were like, no, no, because you never went to sleep. And I was like, okay, well, okay. You're like, actually I did. I closed my eyes for those two <laughs> seconds and that is a, that was my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so then slowly you get a resume right and but also i have to say all these movies are you know really really brilliant of uh, you you got it uh, for me it was really important i played a lot there was a lot of a lot of falling there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff i'm i hope nobody will ever see <laughs> Oh, I, I'm pretty sure we've all got those on uh, in our past. I don't think that's, you know, that's just all part of learning and growing. And yeah, right. it's, <laughs> yeah. it's perfect. It's, it's a perfect playground. I mean, the only thing you know, that's really hard of, of loving weeks and pieces was that uh, there's no budgets. So yeah. I used to go on eBay and buy um, vintage pieces and I tried to sew them together like wiglets and stuff from the 60s but like way too much hair you know what i'm talking about they're dead yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) it's not something you can just put on somebody when you're talking these student movies they were they were doing the 40s they were doing the 20s like they have no you know you they you just go for it so i would say yes to anything there was a a period movie over something that's contemporary always i love love doing period work i just find it so fun and then i would sit at home at night and just sew stuff together and i call them like frankenstein wigs when it's like made out of five different things and you style it in a way that maybe you can get away with it if there's also a scarf attached in all the right places yeah yeah <laughs> just gonna hide this little edge here and do this yeah here. it'll be fine it'll be fine then you color correct it a little bit you know it's all kind of the same brown maybe yeah i mean honestly coming up and doing stuff like that and troubleshooting and figuring all those things out with no money it's like the minute someone gives you a little bit of a budget oh. you're just like oh my god do you know what i can do with this <laughs> I, I mean I it's like the birds are chipping right you're like oh my i mean I, I, but i still every time a wig maker i open that box and you have you have a real wig in the box mm. it doesn't matter how many i have gotten it's like christmas every time yeah. you open like, that it's the box. real deal baby the real <laughs> yes. deal i'm like i will always be thankful it was it was so many years of like uh, gluing it together myself and hope yeah. that you really appreciate it Oh, um, there's nothing like a custom-made wig like, uh, that's being built the way you want it built. But it's also, like, I mean, how, dream. <laughs> it just makes it so much easier. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. I look like I know what I'm doing suddenly, <laughs> right? Like, maybe I'm not faking it. Maybe it's real. I don't know. I still don't know. I, I still, every day I'm like, no, they all, they all know that this is just something I would love to do. But... You know, I am amazed that they're giving me any money for it. Every time they put me on an airplane, I'm like, are you guys sure? Oh, my God. It's so hilarious. Like, what is wrong with us as a know. group of individuals that we constantly have imposter syndrome? I like, know. I feel like I'm just constantly questioning, like, do I even know what I'm doing? <laughs> 
Right. I'm 30 years in and I'm still just like, it can't meet. Like every time I get a job, I'm like tears in my eyes, you know, I'm like, are you sure you didn't make a mistake? It's, uh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, why is that? But I think it's an artist thing maybe, right? It must be. I don't know. I'd love to get to the bottom of it because it's just, I mean, it's, it's good. I think it keeps you grounded, but also it is some type of weird self-doubt constantly which can't be great but sometimes i think it gets used right like you wake up like it i have it mostly when i go to bed at night when Mm. i just start i can't sleep and my brain just doesn't stop and because any minute sarah's going to be found out that she doesn't have a clue what she's doing even though she does know exactly what she's doing (laughs) is there a better way to do it davy is there a better way to attach yeah is it the right wrap to put underneath or is there something that could be more flattering it's good to keep asking those questions though right i'm like where where should the first bobby pin go in because you know, the, the, the better I get, the more I realize I, I'm yeah. still learning, right? So oh, I've been having, like, I was doing, like, this bus cut wig on Stranger Things where I was mm. like, well, that's a good, that's a fun challenge, that one. And I've gone through, like, a couple, I, I don't think I would actually be brave enough to say I could do that, but I had gone through, like, a personal tragedy in my own life, and... um I was really, you know, empty. Mm. And I felt very brave because of it. You're like, bring it on. Let's bring do it this. On. Like, <laughs> I, they were like, I've, it's probably not a good idea. Like the whole world is going to see this. And if it doesn't look, you know, they might, you might never work again. And uh, <laughs> there, is like, always I, that, um, there is always <laughs> that possibility. But I was like, I don't care. My life is <laughs> over anyway. Uh, I'm in so much pain. So maybe they all should just laugh at me. And I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to go for it. I have nothing to lose. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a perfect example of like <laughs> taking the leap and like, cause, you know, yeah, see, I just see what happens. And it was successful. So wham, bam, amazing. <laughs> right. There was, yeah. a, it, there was a, there was a, thank God. <laughs> wham, bam. <laughs> Almost did it by myself. I would love to say I did that by myself. Like I, I recruited every single friend I have on that one. I was like, <laughs> can I talk with you about something? <laughs> can I ask you a few questions? Yeah. Because I don't know if this is possible, but I do have a feeling it could be possible. Yeah. I think I can do it, but I don't know. I don't know if you can do it if it's a real thing but you know it taught me a lot about like where you put those for french pins in really matters like like it's a whole mathematic buildup of how a construction goes on got really challenged on that one and which i really loved it was like uh the biggest puzzle anybody have ever given me and i <laughs> It was so fun until the day of the camera shoot. It was so fun to to play with this until the day of the camera test. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. like, oh, this is the day. This is the day whether I'm fired or whether I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I'll send somebody. Do I have to go in? Can we just send the actors over? And uh, 
just give me, send it to me in a text, fire me in a text. I don't actually want to be there. I feel like I always head into camera tests just going, well, today might be my last day. Let's see what happens. I'm with the sunglasses. <laughs> I'm with the big sunglasses. They're like, oh, sweating, sweating. So how many times did you, like, did you get to test that before that camera day? One. Like, or like one, yeah, one time. not a lot, not a lot. Okay. Not a lot, but but for this one, this is the first time where I have ever actually told production that I insisted on, you know, it was hard because it was on a child, right? So yeah. everything was, um, that was the whole, that was the biggest challenge of it. Mm. It had to happen in under 25 minutes, no makeup involved. Like, I, so, you know, somehow I was brave enough to say I can do this without you know, it's, it's a, again, stupid, arrogant. I was in a bad place in my life. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, I actually insisted on getting the wig maker flown in to be with me. Yeah. Because we're shooting, if it was going to go, we were basically shooting like 24 hours later. Right. So um, I was like, I need him here for adjustments. Like, Yeah, just in case. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we can put a couple of extra hair on and also, you know, because it was like it was a three millimeter long, um, I was more scared. I know I like to color myself, mm. but I found that gave me uh, that made me nervous coloring on that short, short piece by myself where I could see all the lace was basically on camera, right? So I wanted my wig maker and I also wanted him to hold my hand. No, totally. And I, I, <laughs> I was like, I, he's guilty. Yeah. Like he did it. Like I was like, maybe we go down together if it's going to be really painful. But I'm it's kidding. just having that person to bounce off to just be like, yes. I was thinking I was going to do it this way. Do you, what do you think? Like, how would you approach it? Like, what shall we, <gasps> also, you know, so you, you can kind of plan Together. You can't, you can't, I couldn't see it. It's so short that when it's on the block, I can see the drawings on the block right through the wig, right? The wig right. is completely transparent. Mm. Knowing exactly how, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to see scalp through this when she has hair down to her butt underneath in brown, mm. but without makeup. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. Like I was like, that's, you know, and I was, that's the part where I was like, I don't, we, we were showing on these different silk in very strategic areas because yeah. if we went too close to the edges, um, mm. you could see where the wig was sewn together. You could see the seams inside the wigs would pop. Yeah. And uh, so it was just this little, I don't know how to explain it, but this little layer of like three different silks to also have that effects of just we wanted to see scalp right right at the crown you mm. want to see scalp like right when you look into a bus cut so it's yeah. not too dense and i was i was um, nervous about if there was too much or too little hair on the wig it was such a fine balance yeah yeah because you, you can imagine if it was yeah too full of hair just so you could cover all those things that you're talking about it would you'd just be like what is happening <laughs> i mean because you know really matching think, something that people have already seen 
that's that was the worst part almost. Mm-hmm. It was that the front was really hard since it's you know you like you said you've already seen her with bust hair, so I mm-hmm. couldn't just make up something yeah. that was easier for us to do. Which is yeah. normally you know you cheat. I mean you, you cheat as much as you can. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I have nowhere to hide. Like mm-hmm. where? What am I gonna hide between? But also I learned that actually the wig is almost two and a half tone lighter than her own hair because otherwise it just looked like a bear skin like right. stoned on to her it looked like a hat like a, a helmet like a swim cap so it had to be lightened last minute that was intense as you can imagine so you lightened that like was that after the camera test yeah right that two hours and then I begged to see if I could get her back and the shooting it was not a real camera test we had already been shooting for about five months at this point right so you know they were shooting and I just put her into the scene that they were in middle of shooting like there was not even lit for my wig that was another thing that was really really difficult but it's um you know, I was just, I was just thankful that they were willing to, for me to see it on camera. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, to their advantage to do that as well. I know, but it doesn't always work like that, does it? No. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I'm doing this for you guys. And, uh, yeah. They're like, no, but <laughs> you'll, you'll go home and think more about it and just nail it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, I find I have to kind of, um, I have to fight a little bit to really get to see my actors on camera sometimes, which is uh, amazing. I get to see them on top of a show, but then you know, with Stranger Things, for example, when we shot for two years, like mm. whoever that was not, shooting the first two weeks which was 95 percent of the actors did not have a camera test yeah because they didn't want to fly in they're doing other things or maybe it's not the actors i don't mean it's on the actors but maybe production is not flying them in and if wardrobe is not ready then i don't get them i've learned the hard way it's very difficult to get an actor if the costume designer is not needing them yet yeah yeah i mean so many things do come into play it's uh, i mean but this one no obviously this one they want to see on camera they really did not want to do the bus cut and so i think they just they gave me the courtesy because i probably seemed sad and pouty and uh, i was so (laughs) gung-ho about it (laughs) but they but they were like you know we're not going to shoot this because we can't She's in too much of the show and we can't afford to fix it in post Mm. at all. So if it doesn't look good, they were like, if it's not like 99% there, it's a, it's a no. And and they pretty much told me it's going to be a no, but we're doing it because we've been doing this dance with you for eight years and you seem very, you seem very, uh, uh, I, I really, really felt like it was so important for the story. Yeah. So what would have happened? Would she have actually had to shave her head again or if it, if they weren't happy with it or was it that just ponytail was gonna happen oh right okay yeah that was they were just like we're just gonna give her a ponytail because i mean in the end of the day i mean they they wanted that but you can't really you, you can't the thing about a bus cut is you can't really 
do it in post. You know, you can't like get that head shape right no. in post. So, yeah. and they didn't believe that it could happen in in within the kids' hours, and mm. there's just too much on the line. And they like they were like, if it doesn't work, it can also make the this season into a joke, right? right? So, right at the camera test, I did feel, I did feel these. $300 million like weighing on my shoulders a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. I was like, wait, oh, we're not at NYU, are we? Shit. And now you just need to get, just feel the weight of, you know, every hairstylist who's now like, fuck, Sarah, now someone's probably going to ask me to no. do this and they're going to be like, well, they did it on Stranger Things. <laughs> I have gotten, I have gotten six phone calls like that already. And I, I feel bad every time <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I actually, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fake. Like the producers uh, are telling people now this is a possibility. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. seen. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I did any of us a favor, but I hope I did. No, I think every, every advance and every, you know, every jump forward is the right direction. You mean, right. you, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, I think so. I think so. I think yeah. I think a lot of people have fun at home with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you hey. must have known when it was coming out that everyone would be like glued to the screen, going, I I was, I'm, "I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it." Where I can't know. It's oh, I know. didn't see it. Like people <laughs> was like, "Did you see it? Did you see the show?" And I was like, "I'm not watching it." Like I was oh so God. scared, Jamie, that I just. <laughs> Help my breath and was just like oh god i don't i can't yeah you'd be the worst judge you'd be looking you'd be scrutinizing oh i see it you know i can see it like obviously i i know from Mm. but i I find we shoot very close-ups too i was like really gotta go this close on her (laughs) (laughs) really guys really like maybe a little wider Um, is this necessary (laughs) no i I think it's but it's, it's always really hard for me to watch yeah. my own work like yeah. I a lot of my work I I, I haven't watched it I just it, I, I find it really really difficult yeah. I'm really good at judging other people's work so if you want to judge I'm kidding <laughs> no I, I I try to watch my own stuff absolutely yeah. I just want to see what I guess I've gotten better at it but it the, takes me yeah. it took me a couple of weeks and I, I have to yeah. I, I read the headlines first I was yeah. like okay it seemed like it went through without anybody without me getting that award whatever yeah worst <laughs> hairstylist <laughs> worst wig <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta watch it now. No, I do. Yeah. It is fun to see. I mean, in, you know, you obviously. I mean, I watch all the dailies, right? So we do watch because otherwise, uh, otherwise, I can't see what to improve. I have every time you do a, a look from the first day we shoot it to mm. the last, there's mm. a huge transformation in my work. And any hairstylist, I'm sure, that would like scrutinize my work would be able to very much see how much it changes um, when you, especially when you shoot for like years, right? Like it's, yeah, it's bound to happen. And it's, uh, I mean, you don't normally, you're not normally getting the prep to be able to figure all that stuff out before you start shooting. So of course you're having to do it. I mean, I have people running around and they shake their hair upside down and just check out the movements of, 
of the of the wigs and the pieces mm. but in the end of the day when you start really having people hanging uh, upside down for five hours at a time you know obviously uh, stuff is changing and you figure out better products to use or stuff that lasts longer you know, i mean it's a you never stop working on on a person i feel like i'm always like unless it's a very set look right but uh, what i've been doing the last 10 years has been all about movement so mm. maybe one day i'll do 1950s or something and then that will be a whole new experience like right now it's been still working. movement in the 50s though I, I, yeah but you, but it's, <laughs> but you have all this sets and you do there's a lot of hairspray and you you don't want like a lot i love flyaways like i love and stuff is gritty and it, it looks real and but the 50s i mean you were like really if it's a dance in the 50s it would be pretty polished right i guess it depends on the story <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw your 1920s that was not very polished I was like, that's, a, that's the movement i'm talking about i'm like yeah. that's a wig that moves love that i love you know i love movement and i i just loved how it was frizz in all the right places and that stuff makes me very happy yeah, it makes me happy too. I will say that, uh, you know, we tested a lot of stuff and when Damien decided that our lead lady was going to have long hair in the 1920s, I was like, right. oh my God, I'm going to get fucking murdered by my right. peers. Every hairstylist is going to be like, what were you thinking? Especially with the character that she's a, a rebel. She's yeah, incredible. it's just like, right? come on, it She's totally goes with the character. And women did have long hair in the 20s, guys. It's not. <laughs> they did. They did. But, they, but that girl, I was like, that yeah. is a, but, you know, she's a fucking hillbilly. Does yeah. she know? She came in with the fucking train. I was like, I bought it. I thought it yeah. was good. Yeah. And I, I thought um, it was great because of the way that it's moving. I, I do think it's all about you know, selling, like making it feel alive. As long as it becomes alive and it's organic, mm. yeah. then I mean, your design is your design. There's a tons of different people all through centuries, all that have done the opposite of what there was in fashion and for different reasons. And you were dealing mm. with a very complex uh, personality to say the least yeah. i mean you have some serious problems yeah the i think what's awesome too about um just being able to sell that head of hair is just when you are lucky enough to have an actor that is confident in a wig and can sell yeah. it um that yeah. they're not scared to touch it or they you know when they're working with it on that they feel that it is their head of hair and it's part of them and it can just make such a huge difference but don't you think that's part of also about how you treat the wig and how what how you work with the actors with the wig on? Like, mm. I feel for me when when we are working in prep and we're doing all these wig tests, right? I, mm. I, I feel like half of it is is kind of waiting. Um, you know, I, some I, sometimes you get lucky, and I, I have been having some characters come in like six times for me to keep working on the wigs uh, if they've been in town and uh, and willing and mm. excited about it and uh, and it, it is 
there's like a moment where I feel like they they light up and they start touching it. And mm -hmm. I don't know, you can almost see it in their eyes, like when they feel and I'm like, okay, now I'm there. I'm finally getting there. Like, <laughs> they believe it. They look they me in the mirror it. and they like believe if I, it. If yeah. I can't convince my actor that it's mm. their hair, mm. then I just know it's not it's not good enough. Like I definitely had moments where I was like, I don't think I can take it any further. And I think it feels pretty perfect. And then I'm like, they're not, we're not done though. And I, 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 you know, you go home and you're like, what is it? What is it? What else can I do? What do we need to do before his hands start putting his hair behind his ears and he does normal stuff you would do with your, mm. with your hair and not look like a cutout board, you know, like they get stiff or something. Yeah. Does no, that make sense? I no, don't, I totally. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, I feel like uh, there's a lot of fear around it as well of not letting actors touch their hair or their wigs because <laughs> I and I don't know where it kind of ever comes from, but I do remember going in to reset something on Margot, and I just kind of just said to her, I was just like, oh, lady, the hands and the hair. And she's like, do you want me to stop doing it? And I was like, no, I love it. Right. <laughs> like, please keep doing it. It's amazing. And she's like, oh, yeah, great. And it was just like, I, she was waiting for me to tell her off to be like, yeah, could you not touch it? You know, it's just like, but I'm like, has somebody said that to you in the past? Look, I mean, <laughs> it's I, just I, like, it's your head of hair, baby girl, yeah. do whatever you want with it. <laughs> You're dancing. You're yeah, dancing. It's your yeah. character. It's your hair. Do it's it. your hair. It's yeah. like the moment we give it to them, it's theirs, right? They, mm -hmm. they take it. And you, I, 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 you know, you know, I have very mixed feelings about continuity. Um, mm. Not one of my favorite things <laughs> in, in the sense that I just sometimes don't, don't believe in, um, in full on control continuity. Like I don't, I'm not a big believer in hairspray because of it. Mm. Cause I feel like it, uh, it takes away the natural movement. So you, it, it looks silly if you're outside and I, yeah. I just, I like the flyaways and I, I feel yeah. like the, that's what sells everything. Mm. You know, did you see blue is the warmest color? It's I old. think I did. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> It was a while ago, though, yeah. It's a while ago, but I've always thought about this a lot. And sometimes when I talk with directors about how we're going to go about continuity and, and, and what exactly matters, I mean, how much do you want me there? How much are we going in? Do you want mm. me to step away? Am I designing something that can just be let loose and you don't have to see me for 10 hours? Are we designing something yeah. where I'm going to be with you and you will point at every little hair that don't match? Like, who are you? Like, mm. tell me who you are before we really um, start designing all the, all the, cast members you know so, so it can all goes together so everybody has a, a good time on set yeah blue is the warmest color this girl keeps putting her ponytail up and down up and down until a bun through the whole movie it's right. absolutely bonkers and uh, I was like, how the fuck did they shoot this? You know, I guess <laughs> because I mean, it's obviously not in the script and it's it literally just like she, she puts her hands up in her hair and she redoes her bun and she does right. it, you know, but she does it so much that it doesn't matter. And they, yeah. and they, 
and they have it all over the movie. So they just cut. It's all the editors just went and found it. So now it's up. Now it's down. Up, down, out, down. It, it's absolutely. You should watch it. It's there. It's a um, could be a continuity nightmare. But because it just happens over and over again, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's a consistency to it. So it's the same with the ear tuck. People freak out. She puts her hair behind her ear, and I'm like, yeah, but you're gonna, you know, that's a tick. You're gonna go in every time this woman has a tick, mm. um, and they and they tend to do that tick right at action. <laughs> by yeah. the way, see, so, so you're kind of you you're, you're you're kind of fighting an uphill battle, right? You're just, you're stressing yourself out completely of something that's never going to be in your control. Mm. Instead of being like, you know, if you actually just keep messing around with that hair and they just do it nonstop, they'll do it in the takes. And then if it matters to the director and, uh, you know, if he's... If it matters to the scene and it's and it gets distracting, they can cut. They can have they have the tuck in there. Yeah. As long as they have the footage, I don't know. I I I just believe in performance and uh, and that stuff seems organic and natural more than the uh, perfect continuity. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, totally. I think you. I think with experience, you learn when to let it live and when you need to go in um and then whenever you're not sure you check with somebody you check with the script supervisor or the director you know yeah i just put it into the notes and Mm. instead of you know messing with your actors as in character and yeah especially in some really heavy scenes where it's like full-on and emotional and stuff it's just like oh you gotta just be ready to but also in wigs, yeah. in wigs, right? Because wigs is, if you start telling them not to touch that wig, you also, they, they start getting like a really weird relationship to their wig. If they think it's about, they think it's about the wig and, and not about continuity. Does that mm. make sense? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It does. Just, a, just a philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to ask you a question, and the question does relate to wigs, but for any hairstylists that maybe don't feel like they have enough experience or knowledge with wigs, how would you recommend they go about getting more? Because, I mean, you started so early on with the training that you came from um, to then be able to continue on with that. Um, I always wish, though, I had done a couple of years in the theatre. Right. It really, really, you know, and if I had been having working papers the day I landed in New York City, mm. I would have gone to Broadway yeah, and gotten that experience. And I think it's a very, very important experience to have that, to do roller sets every day, to really hold all these wigs and to learn about everything from synthetic to, you know, the finer wigs to the theater wigs, from the laces to the hair types and mm-hmm. I would have loved to do that instead of like, um, I felt like it sometimes was a long road of like figuring stuff out. I would have loved to work under really, under a good department head when I was young. Mm. But, you know, it's tricky because you do 
but that that is what I would recommend. I would re recommend going and working for somebody where you admire their work, you know, yeah. and do some Broadway training, yeah. and and then also just not be afraid of wigs. Like mm. I feel like a lot of people that comes from you know, I mean, like come from that fashion background, and they are very very scared of fake hair. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like. Don't be scared of, of the wigs and the pieces. And I think as long as you actually love them mm. <laughs> like, and take care of them, they're yeah. not going to get harmed. You know, they're, they're stronger than you think. <laughs> they are. They're strong. It just, just go about it and then surround yourself with people's work that you admire. Like I mm. kind of did it the other way. I, I've always hired people that I think there's better than me. At certain things and that mm. I have learned from, I've learned from, yeah, the people that I put on my teams. I, I That's awesome. In all different positions, you know, I think the yeah, team yeah. that you built is, it's, it's important that you have like, um, like a very big assortment of different talents and personalities. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. So if I had you in your trailer, you're all set up, ready to go for the day. What one tool or product would you freak out about if I came in and took it off you? What would you never want to work without? I use my hands a lot more than I use. I mean, you can't. Ah, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I do like a good mousse. I love hair mousse. I think it's very underestimated. <laughs> Because you can set something and you can let it loose afterwards and you can feel like you're brushing it out, but you can get anything to hold the shape that it has dried into. Mm -hmm. I think that's a brilliant product that people often think this mousse is something you put in a perm in the 80s. And I'm like, oh, these things blow dry them. You can get the most amazing blow dries that last for weeks, you know, like, uh, so I think a mousse is a really important thing. And I'm thinking about what do I have at my station? My station is spare. I have very few things at my station, my blow dryer, but I could also have the wig dryer and probably do more with the wigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what show are we on? Um, <laughs> I am not big on curling irons. Mm -hmm. I don't like to see a curling iron pattern in uh, people's work or my own work. I like rolling it on my fingers and kind of doing like old snails, you know, so you can control completely where the hair lays. Yeah. So probably I would need pins i would need those little um those little silver pins to hold stuff okay and then it could it could naturally dry that way in my mousse <laughs> yeah yeah what kind of mousse do you like like do you have a favorite go-to yeah i love uh i love kevin murphy bodybuilder mousse it's light enough that I feel like it can disappear. And I, I don't like a sticky, I don't like anything sticky. I don't yeah. like to feel product in hair. Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you there. Absolutely. That's awesome. And um, Sarah, tell me what one person would you like to hear on the podcast? I would love to hear from Linda Armstrong. She's British. Okay. What does Linda Armstrong do? Yeah, she's, uh, you know, hair and makeup, but it, I, I guess she would call herself a makeup artist probably. Yeah. 
Is that what British people do? I guess they're both, right? They get to have the whole thing. Yeah. I think she's really brilliant. And I met her working in Lithuania a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, She does really beautiful, brilliant work that I admire a lot. But she also worked outside at night in minus 20 degrees for me without without complaining. And that's that's like a miracle. I I don't know what's wrong with her, but I I, I think... (laughs) She's she's amazing. She's amazing. Like, what's wrong with you? Why do you not complain? I'm nothing. She didn't say anything. Like you couldn't even you couldn't you know take your scarf down. Everything. My eyebrows were frozen. You know, you had not frozen around your nose. It's in the middle of the night, and yeah. she, she just laughed. And I was like, wow, that's that's hardcore. That's awesome. And, yeah. and, it, and kept working. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I don't know if I can actually take my gloves off. Like it's yeah. just like. Yeah, and and I, I, I've seen her. She's been a personal for many years, and uh, now she's department heading, and she's doing some really cool movies that's about to come out. And I would just love to hear how she thinks about every like who Linda is as a person, since she's yeah, yeah. obviously tougher than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I like it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got to do this, and it's been really fun. Thank you for having me. And it was so lovely to meet you, Jamie. I adore your work. Oh, and I you. Beautiful, beautiful wig work. Oh, thanks, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Last Looks crew, thanks for listening. And remember, if you love it, share it. A quick scroll down and you'll find our show notes. Or maybe you'd like to give your support and leave a five-star review. Go on. Search The Last Dogs Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, whichever one tickles your fancy. And a massive shout out to the husband, Brett Stanley. Without his patience and tech support, this whole podcast situation simply does not happen. And cheers to Liliana Rose for her fabulous voice acting talents. Okay, Last Looks crew, that's a wrap for me. I don't need to be told twice to get out of here. So bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. That's a wrap, people.